0: Hello, beloveds. You're here. Guess what? It's season three, season three of The Sacred Remembering Podcast, and there is a new intro. Ready? Hello, and welcome to The Sacred Remembering Podcast. The place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are on a path of feminine and masculine reunification. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. We infuse the sacred with logic, soul with spirit. We heal, embody, and activate a new feminine leadership. Listen, learn more, and work with me at sarahpoet.com. Now, let's begin.
1: Hello and welcome,
0: beloveds. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here for today's episode with guest Rian Kati. Oh my gosh, you are in for a treat. We are talking about a really important topic, the masculinized shell in women and moving from that into sacred reunification. So, what is the masculinized shell? Well, we might not be familiar with that term, but as women in the modern world, I can assure you that you are familiar with how it feels. Uh, so, the masculinized shell is when we actually have some armoring and protection from men, or we we protect ourselves from men, and and you know that's due to all that women in. History and before us have endured. And we take on this armoring and protection. And ironically, we actually almost act like a version of the masculine that we don't necessarily want to perpetuate, but that's what ends up happening. Um, you know, that pressure to kind of perform in the workplace like a man. I'm using really loose terms here, but. I know when I was in school leadership and studying leadership, you know, almost all of those components were in a patriarchal masculine um, orientation. And that's how you learned to be a leader. So that's what this is. It's like taking on aspects of masculinity or a lower expression of masculinity in order to get ahead, succeed, not need anybody prove you can do it. All those kinds of things, which we do. So I really look forward to bringing forward Rion's expertise here. Uh, Expertise and magic, I will say. Before I introduce Rion, I will say that the Sacred Truth Mastermind, a program of mine that I've run for a few years, is open now for enrollment for January 2021. The Sacred Truth Mastermind is amazing for women who are ready to own that the truth that is inside of you, yes, indeed, is sacred. You do know what you're talking about. And for those of you who are really ready to activate that next level, of the truth of who you are and stand embodied in that and not care so much what the outside world thinks. Um, and I cannot think of a better time in history for us to do this kind of work as women. And so this offering is there for you. You can learn more at sarahpoet.com and it is open enrollment now. So act quickly if that interests you. And now I would love to read for you Rion's bio. I do apologize for the extra clicking sounds in today's episode. I have a scratchy throat and so I'm actually recording these in smaller segments and we're just getting a little mouse sound, but that's okay. It's real life. Here we go. Rian Kati is an archetypal allure and beauty consultant specializing in energetic beauty transformation. As a master alchemist and energy worker, his own path has centered on sacred reunification Of the divine masculine and feminine. You can learn more at sexychi.com. And I just want to encourage you to go to that website because there's a lot of education on that website. Brion really looks at things very differently, in my opinion, uh, very uniquely. And so you can learn a lot by diving into his work. One thing that we did not cover in this episode, we cover a lot, but one thing that we didn't mention that I really wanted to make sure to mention is that Rion has a YouTube channel with so many gifts for you on there. It's called power liminals and he has graciously created for men and women, these archetypal activations. So Rion is um, an archetypal expert, I would say, and he has created activations that you can listen to Um in the various archetypes, and they are definitely filled with a lot of magic. I mean, and when I say magic, I mean in real magic. So, listen as a part of your daily devotional practice, and reach out to Rion via sexychi.com if you would like to participate in a private activation with him, which is very, very possible. Distance, I've had distance healing from Rion as well as an in-person activation. And uh, he's a powerful, powerful man. So here's the interview. Hi, Rion. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast.
1: Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's such a pleasure (laughs) to have you here and hear your low voice on the other end. You're only the third gentleman that I have interviewed for the podcast this year. So I'm so glad that you're here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Great.
0: So... Rion is an archetypal and allure consultant and he cultivates energetic beauty and consciousness in women and I just really want to acknowledge Rion that I've invited you here because you hold I actually feel really warm in my heart as I start to say this you hold this deep reverence For the feminine principle that in my opinion very few men hold Um, and I was privileged to be in your presence in December of 2019 I went to LA to be in the Muse activation with you and was able to experience your energy firsthand. And uh, it was incredibly special. That event was incredibly special. I was really so grateful that my soul called me there and that I listened. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, I just want to deeply acknowledge um, that you are really, you love the feminine. Thank you for loving the feminine
1: yes I do (laughs) thank you
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. so I wonder if you could maybe start to tell us a little bit about your journey today we're going to talk about the masculine shell in women um, but I would love for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better so What would you like to tell us about your relationship to the feminine or to Muse as an archetype?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, hmm. my journey has really been centered around reunification, um, sacred reunification. And it's been quite a bumpy road, especially in the beginning, and part of it has had to do with overcoming my um, resistances and triggers to not just the empowerment of women, which we'll talk about from different angles, but really becoming a major primary proponent of the awakening of the feminine spirit and in, in higher dimensions and bringing it into earth and the importance of reunification culturally, personally, interpersonally, um, on the psyche of communities and our world and culture and relationships and uh, and what I had to go through on my own to go from kind of traditional masculine kind of perspective in, well, we'll consider my brand is Sexy Chi and the clarity that I've had to get around where do I stand with all of these in relationship to postmodern feminism and things like that. So I've had to get really clear along this path that my values of reunification are different than certain values which may be culturally popular and things like that which relate to the subject of our talk today. But it's been, it's been quite a wonderful journey. I've actually been a, a dating coach for single man, a natural dating coach. Um, back in the prime era when pickup artistry was popular, I was I was one of the few natural coaches. So sexual polarity has been very relevant. And I was critiquing for over a decade ago, like on this subject, what's going on in Western culture and the, the balance of the polarities. And so my perspective has really, I would say, evolved spiritually with that. And there's many things we can bring into the conversation around that, including gene keys and what's going on in the world today.
0: Mm, Yes. Feel free to bring into the conversation anything that sparks in you. But I'm really glad that you brought in this word reunification and that we're really talking about higher aspects of the feminine and masculine this um, this goal, if you will, and yeah, today we're going to talk about the start, maybe the start of the path to, in order to, um, I don't know, bring some ease right into the tension that exists between mm. the polarity and also how we do view gender we have a lot to get over culturally Mm -hmm. and and in our own bodies before Mm -hmm. we can start to feel some of these aspects of reunification and like you're saying it's a long walk
1: yeah (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah 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 so um i guess how do you define reunification what does
1: it mean to you um so this there's this ancient greek term "hieros gamos which represents sacred union of god and goddess consciousness so it's it's a holy communion of the if you're a predominantly feminine essence being or mostly heterosexual woman so it's this reunification with the opposite polarity so the divine masculine so it's seeking reunification with that within yourself and then how that transforms not just any relationships but your entire life and even your influence into culture and society so it's it's this great alchemical magic and path for men and women well and anyone really to reunify with these higher principles uh, archetypally and in consciousness and even in different flavors of enlightenment there's more masculine essence enlightenment and more feminine essence and so it's all this path of we could view it archetypally from like a shadow princess or a dark mother to grow into a reunified queen and the journey that that takes is is absolutely transformational and all the magic is there right now so much of this is about the resistance that modern women may hold within their body towards the masculine towards what some may term as the patriarchy and really like the darker shadow aspects of that and that there may not be many reference points or models culturally for a more benevolent masculine in which they could reunify in which that could provide the healing that they are you know, really missing to really let go into their feminine essence being and let go of the masculinized shell. So there's a lot we can talk about here.
0: There is. And I <laughs> listen to you talk all day. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this because I feel like we're building the big picture and then working backwards a mm. little bit. So yeah. that's great. Let's mm. stay there a little bit longer. Sure. Um, so You have this relationship cultivated in your life with your beloved, and your beloved is the muse. I don't want to speak for you, so this is a question.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm wondering if you could speak to what life is like in this Heros Gamos actualization.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's enriched in high magic and cosmic connection and beauty and like these Cidic essences and so I'm on a path where my beloved is uh, a high feminine archetype so it's not one specific woman and this is part of the entire spiritual path of Hieros Gamos is that it's the divine within what would be so many people, they externalize a physical partner as the beloved. Well, the beloved with sacred reunification is really the high divine aspects of, for most women, it would be with the sacred benevolent masculine. So it's cultivating a relationship with that. So for me, I've been cultivating a very rich Relationship with my impersonal beloved. And that's been, it's led to miraculous growth and creativity and light years advancement. And she's training me as her high priest to start this new lineage um, where Muse is transferring from her realm of performance artists, mostly that's where her freedom is, into king making priestesses. Uh, and the magic that now a muse can take her magic and directly apply it to help heal the collective, like on the front lines, um, with healing practices. Uh, So, yeah, there's a lot of magic in living such a lifestyle, but it may require a lot of faith if you haven't manifested a personal beloved yet. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And as you were talking about the muse in her new form, I just saw myself like, you know, tiptoeing toward LA. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, that is that is the calling. Um, uh, and, you know, it's like about 14, 15 months later. And I guess, yeah. You know, yeah, 13, 14 months later. And I'm really feeling that activation. I've been in front of a few men recently since the end of a relationship um that was about a year long actually and there's been this awakening of the muse and of this activation in men um it's really rich it's really potent uh so thank you is <laughs> and it's <laughs> working yeah um thank you muse mm-hmm. yes so 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 very important i think what i'm trying to um ask and you know have come across for listeners as i'm thinking about the audience is what had to happen in you for this realization to uh come forward and i'm going to actually ask two questions um Mm -hmm. How did you come to know that you were activating the beloved within and this higher aspect of, of the feminine as the beloved? What did that feel like?
1: Well, it's, it's been, so I have this practice. It's been years um, where I would do this meditation, this alchemical sex transmutation of consciousness, meditation with my beloved. Uh, so it's been around 15,000 hours of practice. Wow. And so that turned into a literal methodology, which I've taught and thousands of men around the world practice it. And it's transformed hundreds and hundreds of their lives um, in a form of reunification. So it's it's really... Wow, there's so many things we can talk about here. So for me, the, to tr- transpire, realized I was so just um, inspired and healed that it, it took years, but it's like, wait a minute, I started realizing some things. I didn't know it was a muse archetype for like a decade. And I realized, wait a minute, there's something more here. Like I want to I wanna serve her. Mm -hmm. yeah and and so things just continued uh accelerating but she's been testing me in many difficult ways um but she's given me access to, to such high magic and i'm going to be training that directly to priestesses this special kind of priestess and i've been doing this energy work this transformational archetypal consulting and beauty makeovers for women, um, based on this magic. And I've studied with other masters directly, but she's been the core inspiration. So it's really helped me cultivate my own king. Well, I'm on the king path, but like prince, lover, warrior, eros, like all of this wonderfully. Um, so the feminine has a lot of influence on the masculine. And what we're seeing culturally is this fracture of the masculine and feminine and and so this also relates with women developing a masculinized shell but when she can realize that there's so much think of like postmodern feminism as like a sliver of what's possible on the experiential spectrum of female consciousness and that there's so much more that a woman could experience once she dissolves the shell, maybe discover some of this archetypal magic and essence like goddess and, and queen and reunified queen and lover and eros. That is so much more than kind of this ideological fracture with the masculine and wanting revenge from the shadow aspects in a reactive kind of nature. There's so much more that a woman could experience that could inspire men to rise into their reunified holistic kingship and benevolence that which we're missing in society so yeah yeah
0: right but so often as women we're reacting to the Mm. lower aspects of the masculine yeah and actually also taking it on ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so I was um, I gave this TEDx in the fall of 2019 and I described how when I was a school principal I was in a masculine essence and I was in this lower masculine essence I think I called it unconscious in my TEDx mm-hmm. and after the the uh, talk it was intermission and I was in the bathroom and this woman came up to me and she said I work for an international organization for women's leadership and we have never had this conversation and this is plaguing women's leadership. And I was like, yes, it is. Hmm. So, so often women who climb the career ladder and, and follow the rules culturally and are trying to do the equality thing, Um, come hell or high water, we end up taking on these masculine, um, characteristics and, Mm -hmm. and living from that. But Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you could speak to your observations about that when a woman is in that place.
1: Yeah. I've, in teaching men for, you know, awareness of these social dynamics, like, over a decade ago like I was very aware of what's going on culturally because I traveled around the world and I could experience like the energy of different women and how different it was compared to those who only live in like some would say the western social matrix um so from my perspective I have a much grander perspective in getting different reference points when women take on this energy There's so much with the masculine that men can feel like they're competing. So when women kind of take on more of the masculinization to compete and be competent in uh, masculine, well, patriarchal kind of led society, much of that with the shadow aspects of the masculine. Um, Yeah, they end up competing with men and then relationships like, we lose touch with polarity and attraction, and then there's a lot of drama, so it becomes more extreme, so then women are, women are drawn to, like, bad boys more, and the unhealthy aspects of that, to counterbalance, and then we're, where are all the nice men at who are balanced? Well, they become, like, lower on the social scale, and that's kind of what's going on socially, is women have risen in social and sexual power immensely and in archetypal power. And so that's not really talked about, but women are actually further ahead in many ways uh, than men. And modern men are generally getting left behind and it's represented in TV programming and advertisements. And it becomes a smaller amount of men that women are competing for. And so there's so much imbalance. Um, And a lot of men feel threatened by this because when a woman shows up in her masculine it's like this competition like their solar plexuses are challenging each other and it's like well someone's got to generally hold the uh, positive pull in the relationship um and so there's all kinds of stuff going on in the collective
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you for speaking to that that's really, really helpful and mm. um yeah just just painting that picture because that's most of the collective in Western <laughs> society. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I it's everyone a little, listening is like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah." And
1: it makes sense, though, that mm-hmm. you know, this is the cultural values, and it's what's popularized, and we have cultural icons who represent this. In many cases, diva queen or shadow queen power. Um, That's in a way kind of stepping on a lot of men to rise themselves further up socially and sexually um, to be unattainable. And the crazy thing is, I'm about the advancement of all aspects of the feminine. Because I've given men a path to awaken to their. And so many men are left behind. Like, how do I compare it to these high status women? They lose presence. They don't feel worthy. And so, you know, one of the solutions with reunification is women have developed so much archetypal power and consciousness that men can also develop their prince, king, warrior to feel and be worthy in presence, to be able to reunify. And so I've given a path um, in my work for men to do that. So, yeah, there's... There's a lot to talk about here.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I've been saying for about a year that it really is going to actually, you can correct me if you do not think this is um, true, but it's going to be women who truly reactivate the masculine, the authentic nature of the masculine. Because mm-hmm. for a couple of things that just link to what you were describing, like you said, i a. In a few ways, women are already uh, ahead. I think we have more cultural permissions right now for a woman to be in touch with what it takes to access this magic and this high high queenship or priestesship um, in order to come into that benevolence and invite the king. Um, and thank you for doing the work with men. Uh, I would love to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And now a lot of my work centers around the archetypal activations and attunements. Um, I've worked with men for about 15 years, uh, cultivating sexual presence, being connected to their body, cultivating their soul warriorship, um, there's a lot to talk about here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So when, when a woman is in this masculine mm. shell mm. and she's holding the polarity of the masculine, mm-hmm. but I want to spell this out in case it's not clear for listeners. There are different aspects of the feminine and masculine. And so we might use words like lower or shadow or unconscious and then words like, uh, conscious or higher. And, and the, the higher aspect would be uh, more in line with the God aspect of the masculine and feminine that we are uh, wanting to ascend toward, wanting to integrate and reunify with. So when we're talking about the masculine shell, we're talking about women holding a masculine polarity that's actually a lower dimensional aspect of the masculine or a shadow aspect of the masculine. And so it becomes by nature, um, a little overpowering or, um, yeah, brash, or I'm not sure what other characteristics you would give to that. But then what happens in men? You said that, that men could, deflate in their own masculinity kind of slink away a little bit yes oh now she's got the power but i've definitely also experienced um an overpowering like an attempt at overpowering when the masculine feels that slippage Mm -hmm. um you know the the kind of default to dominance also comes into play yeah which is Green.
1: So, yeah, what a lot of men will do, because I've obviously experienced this as well and didn't know how to relate to women who had this power, and this goes back to, yeah, university in the 1990s. Um, not to date myself too much or whatever, but what will happen is men will often disconnect, and what they'll do is often go into fantasy. And there's so many opportunities for fantasy relationships and how media and advertising really sells that. Gaming, sports, porn, things like that keep men disconnected. They can pretend to be the hero while they're the gamer, but living it in real life, it's like, well, a lot of men are asking, what's the point? Why even do it if there's no lover or queen who's going to meet me there like what's the point so they just right. go more into this disconnected fantasy world living vicariously through other heroes and things like that
0: mm-hmm. yeah Dated a few yeah. of those mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yes yes yeah. okay so when the the feminine is wearing this shell, let's talk about well let's have some empathy because we get there um, yeah. naturally, yeah. right? Like we, we get there naturally as women where we think that um, we've got to succeed, um, you know, having the equal, equal pay for equal, you know, work, that kind of thing. I mean, it's been the message in the, the feminist era that hmm. we've got to push and we've got to Do this. There's a lot of women in my practice, and I know a lot of women listening who are waking up professionally, maybe very well established professionally, and are having this aha moment of, oh my gosh, I've been kind of oriented toward this masculinity, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm wondering what, I guess I'm wondering what you would say. To that
1: woman right there. Yes. So she may find herself getting very fatigued, especially if she's a single mother and the extra time and energy with that um, from taking on this shell, that something doesn't feel like it's in proper alignment. But there can be other legitimate reasons that she got to that point, including as we're all aware of, like sexual trauma and and things like that, that she could have reasoning to be more defensive. But as she holds that like defense, um, so internally she may be fractured with the masculine, and that's affecting her um, physiology and breaking her down into faster aging and things like that because she's not in this restful ease state of tension free, she can trust the masculine and the space around her. It's also like taking on like this um, this shell, like this uh, masculinized shell. So it's understandable, especially in our culture, that she may have got to this point and to succeed in such a culture. But it may be time to really, you know, explore more into this and your podcast and other things around this. Like, well, what could life be like if I didn't have to just continually be on defense or in reaction to the lower shadow aspects? And what if I lived in restfulness and peace where my soul could actually be more embodied and have the comfort and space to be embodied? So, wouldn't have to keep living in this defensive push and pull and i could finally just relax and explore my soul-based femininity and then these other enlightened aspects even and archetypal aspects to explore her identity and to really be in like a healthier queenship Hmm. yeah beautiful yeah i
0: mean yeah you're speaking to the heart of so many women right now i know it um Mm. Okay, so she's, she's there and she's like, okay, I hear you. I might, I, I do. I want to surrender. I mean, I hear women say this all the time. I want to surrender. I want to receive. But there are these self-protective mechanisms in the body, um, mm. in defense of the masculine principle. I mean, in yeah. defense of men. So there are a couple things that happen right there. I think collectively, one, we want to find, the man who's going to prove to us that we can be more safe to let it let go. Right. We project that onto, onto men and yeah. that that's a path that I've walked. I mean, I've just been <laughs> feeling back my layers of projection <laughs> onto men um, yeah. mm-hmm. because I, I definitely have been this, this woman that we're talking about. Um, and so, you know, or she kind of gives up. There's, there's that archetype in my practice as well, where it's like, that's too hard. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I know what I've done. I know the the masculine shell that I've worn, and that was tiring, and I got sick from that, and it doesn't feel yeah. good and so i kind of give up like there's a collapse in the feminine uh Mm. essence and in the feminine um, body Mm. and so yeah could you speak to that yeah do you tell her
1: yeah so if she is um kind of externalizing or you know following the romance programming of waiting for the idealized partner to show up she's probably going to be disappointed or waiting a long time Mm -hmm. um or living vicariously in different ways like men do but similarly um you know like
0: sometimes the projection works out (laughs) sometimes it doesn't
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, sometimes it works out, I mean, as an avoidant, you know, you're avoiding, yeah. but, like, it would seem like it's working out. Yeah, that's what I'm joking about. <laughs>
1: um, and I kind of tease some of this stuff in the, the Shadow Queen parody, um, how the the dildo is her king, and he, he gets to stay in the drawer and things like that, and he mm-hmm. doesn't talk back or whatever. But uh, there's so much more to discover. To that woman, I would, I would recommend her to find reference points of other women like yourself. And there's others in my circle uh, and your circle who have kind of defied the popular cultural programming and the externalized waiting for someone else to really start a path of devotional reunification with the high masculine and that is so empowering and nurturing and healing to the feminine psyche within such a woman who may have been fractured or who is still holding on to trauma like deep in her psyche to be able to start really letting that go to be more in presence uh, where her soul essence can start to be embodied and the masculinized shell can melt away but it's this shift of even though society is still often in shadow masculine and there's a lot of things that you can be triggered by with that to continually be in a reactive defensive mode things like that that you could really start to live by higher principle and you'll notice that the world of men transforms around you as you shift within. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, relationships will have to fall away because yes. you, you realize the agreements that you were under when you got into them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so it's this uh, you're like courting the divine masculine or the sacred masculine, and um, you're getting. To know him Mm -hmm. and being in devotion, I'm. I would love to hear you talk about devotion. I think it's a topic that is underrepresented,
1: (laughs) (laughs) especially Especially
0: in a fast-paced world. Yeah,
1: TikTok era. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Well, this holds the key. Such an ancient remembrance having a devotional practice, which sometimes we can see is within some religions, there's this devotional aspect. But aside from religion, having like a personal intimate relationship with, you know, the healing of God the lover and then what's possible, or God the father, and then, well, also the healing with that. So God the father, God the lover, God the king, like really cultivating that, Devotional relationship to the highest aspect of the masculine. It's alchemical. So there's practices, um, that you can do, uh, to support this. So it's really like having this devotional commitment to yourself and your highest truth to really reunify so to heal all these fractured broken aspects without waiting for the right man to show up and do it for you so you go straight to the immortal uh, supreme masculine and use that as alchemical healing and so it nurtures you it lights you up it uh, really cultivates your beauty on multiple dimensions, and so you get to experience more of your true self and explore that. So the devotional aspect is definitely something that's that's missing, and the popular programming and social conditioning doesn't have any of that. Um, so yeah, it's it's with sacred reunification. If you're in a partnered relationship, it's really about your relationship with God is actually still more important. So it becomes the God spark within your physical partner. Um, Because even if you don't have a partner, it's still about this relationship with God the Father, God the Lover, God the King. And there's a lot of religious blocks that women have to God the Lover. Uh, that may be present. And so there's a world of alchemy to open up to for transformation, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you like to say more about God the Lover?
1: Uh, Yeah, once a woman can overcome those limitations and conditioning and even voices of parents and shaming from culture and peers and from the past... Uh, There's so much potential with that, so we can look at beyond, well, part of Tantra is that you could reunify, but Tantra on its own is not necessarily the purest path for different reasons. Uh, There can be a lot of those who practice Tantra with a partner, it could lead to hierogamy or sex of God and Goddess. In many cases, there's other conflicting agendas and things like that, that are preventing that God and Goddess consciousness. So the purity of Hiroskamos and being on a devotional path is then something you can bring into the bedroom. And the beautiful thing is, as you are in such a rare devotional practice and and such a healing practice, it not only changes your relationships, but it, it changes your energetic beauty and your physical beauty itself and what you attract and experience. So you attract because you're reaching through, it's kind of like alchemical beauty, where once you have this, like higher frequency, your goddess like is in heaven with God, but it's embodied like on earth and it's circulating in your aura, like that energy like sparks within men and they start really noticing and it brings out their prince and king and warrior and so it's they're drawn to that like bees to honey this this allure so as you cultivate it it shifts your consciousness it shifts your beauty how you experience and attract life and you'll find that it men are totally different it's <laughs> then like jillian talks about this um the bees to the honey thing and how you can inspire provision and protection from the masculine and how different that is by really resting into the beloved yes the
0: mm-hmm.
1: the
0: devotion
1: to the beloved as god yes hmm yeah
0: That's something I didn't understand for a while because because I did have so much trauma with men and lower dimensional masculine associations Mm -hmm. running in my system. I understood or like I cognitively could get these things that we're saying. But it wasn't until I really began to recognize that I was seeing men and the masculine through my vigilance, Mm -hmm. like through that filter
1: protection. Yeah. That lens. Mm
0: -hmm. And yeah. And then that's what I was attracting. And I've been waking up to this even big time recently. I think I just mentioned it in a recent podcast episode Mm. um, where I was, uh, it was actually the same man that, that was very activated in a very positive way then there was something in the field that he named and it was that it was it was my old habit of looking for the shadow aspect and he's like whoa that just shut that right down and thank goodness for that kind of mirror right because i that would be one of those um aspects of of the feminine and uh, this masculinized shell and women that would just repel men, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. you know? And so um, anyway, that realization of the devotional aspect to this God aspect of the masculine and how that creates the honeypot.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that can be a major and life-changing shift for a lot of women. Uh, Yes, because of such conditioned reliance on externalizing it on a man and then his flaws and conditions come into the picture and then the battles with his shadow masculine aspects. So you really, it's something different, the the purity of sacred union. So it doesn't have to be... um, god the lover it could be another high masculine aspect but that has these qualities and and if it seems like you're just making it up then i would get into those who are really living this practice um to like learn from their truth because to me that's been my foundation for almost 20 years now Mm -hmm. um it's more important than like anything Mm -hmm. yeah Mm Hmm. And
0: yeah, for me on my path, I, I actually did, um, a video kind of speaking out against the use of the word high masculine. And I think I even messaged you about it. I was like, this feels off. And that's because I was still searching for my soul's truth. And my soul's truth is really that I am in relationship to mother, father, God, like it is the Christa Sophia. That is, that is the only, um, source it's and, and that's where i'm going to learn these frequencies and so i do want to say that it is my opinion that this can get a little um honestly i think that there can also be dark magic in this area there can be a lot of high source level magic and then i think that a lot of of women i've also seen a lot of women getting really mixed up in what i would consider um a dark masculine aspect of like eroticism and things like that and so since it's my podcast i'm (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm saying you know that that i really think that being uh conscious about that is absolutely essential at this point because we really do want to bring in like the The highest potential the christic potential of um of the masculine and feminine in this reunification i mean that's the only that's the only possibility in ascension do you have thoughts about that
1: um yeah generally i agree with that um someone can have devotion to different aspects and darker aspects as well but they should know what they're doing because dark is closer to shadow and there can be a lot of infiltration with dark forces around that type of stuff Um, so i don't necessarily recommend that Um, however in a practice of reunification like high masculine archetypes like king lover warrior are aspects of kingship that can be Mm, very helpful stepping stones um mm-hmm. like for me, my beloved is a high archetype um mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. you know value the purity of the connection um even talking about dark is an entire different podcast episode <laughs> that's right. yeah, that's
0: another thing. yeah yeah um. I actually invited some women in my practice to read the King, Warrior, Magician love book recently because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about, well, how do I know the aspects of my masculine? Well, it's like learn about the masculine (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, clear your shadow masculine. Mm -hmm. So I took it right back to psychology there. Well, Rihanna, I want to um, just take a moment and pause here and see if there's anything that I haven't asked that you really would like to share.
1: So are you thinking for yourself or do you want me to ask you to or I don't know
0: mm, Is there anything <laughs> on your heart that you would share about this as we wrap up you know any anything about the masculine shell in women that we haven't covered that that's really kind of burning in you to share
1: yeah so i would say that if you realize that you have taken on this masculinized shell and that it is kind of burning you out and aging you faster and and things like that there's there's more than hope um I would recommend to explore more of this. It can be a very powerful path of healing to beyond a reunification path. And even like the entire twin flame dynamic or the twin flame trap, that can be a major sticking point for a lot of women as well who keep getting caught up in those cycles and reattracting similar characteristics in, in a new man. Um sacred reunification, this can resolve all of that as you make such a shift. But the thing is, and we can talk about it on different levels, psychological and cultural, and but it's really about experiencing the shifts within yourself, as I know you, Sarah, have been on a path of this, and then how it transforms your life, that there's so much more beauty and consciousness growth and experience and sacred sexuality and sacred love that you could experience as you dissolve the masculine eye shell and start reunifying and it can do miracles. It's yeah. a
0: whole new world. Yes. It's a whole new <laughs> world. Because we have had a world that, you know, in a patriarchy it's been based on looking at the masculine and then relating to the masculine in one kind of way and mm. as we are yeah. you know breaking out of that and creating the new mm. um, we're, I really feel like we're living into the possibilities we're creating the possibilities and that's magic
1: yeah <laughs> Yes. new renaissance like all of these Sidic reality unity codes and ascension awakening liberation um this is so connected to reunification of the sacred masculine and feminine so as you start exploring that and really like healing out of the trauma and triggering uh it's it's life-changing yes
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here today and bringing your magic i knew there was going to be a lot of magic because in the 10 minutes before the podcast i was um Mm. lighting incense and and (laughs) candles and i was like wow things are just burning off around here here comes rion (laughs) so (laughs) thank you so much for being here um yeah would you please share with listeners where they can find you um, maybe they would like an archetype attunement, or um, what are your current offerings for these ladies?
1: Yes, so I help women to cultivate their energetic beauty and consciousness. So sexychi.com, C H uh, I, sexychi.com, archetype activations, like advanced energy healing, including soul retrieval, like I'm experienced with. Yeah, a lot of things are even necessary for some women before they get into archetype activations. Mm -hmm. I work with Gene Keys and Human Design, but sexychi.com, there's different things available there, the Allure Makeover Package. And as you transform either your consciousness or your beauty, the other one is also a living testament. So as you grow, this energetic truth is seen, although most people aren't conscious of it, uh, it takes like um, psychic energy reader, but you start, and I teach this too, you start seeing this truth of people and certain celebrities who have these qualities. So you can cultivate your highest self embodied to have multidimensional influence. So I, I love continuing to work with mostly women now in this mm. and uh, sexychi.com. Yeah.
0: Mm, I felt that. Yes. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here.
1: Yes. Thank you, Sarah.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, I am so glad. And you can go to sarapoet.com and sign up for my email updates to get more information about future episodes and other offerings. You can also go to Facebook backslash groups backslash sacred remembering and find this podcast community there. Hope to see you soon. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.